this past week, um, more than once, I heard some music coming from Pastor Doug's office from uh, the group Boston. I think he was getting pumped up for his trip. Uh, yesterday morning at 3 in the morning, uh, the team uh, left for Boston. Pastor Doug led that team and the six others. They left at 3 o'clock in the morning yesterday, drove down to Denver, and uh, flew there. They've arrived safely. And uh, their backpacks, I mean, their sleeping bags did not, unfortunately. So uh, be praying for them, uh, the team that's there in Boston, uh, that God would just use them this week. Please keep them in mind this week and be praying for the team that's ministering there in Boston. They're working with a church plant uh, very similar to ours uh, in a neat area of Boston full of college students and very international part of the town. They had their launch service last Sunday was the first service for this new church plant. So it's just great timing that this team from our church, from Connection Church, can go and come alongside them there as they get started in Boston. And uh, so we're just praying that God would use that team while they're there. Uh, in just a moment, we're going to be looking at First uh, John chapter 4, verse 20, uh, verses 19 through 21. And if you don't have a Bible this morning, we've got some folks that are going to uh, come and have a Bible. If you just raise your hand if you need a Bible, they'll get one to you. We're going to be looking in just a moment at 1 John chapter 4, verses 19 through 21. We are in the middle of a, a series right now where we're looking at our purpose. Where we're asking the question, what on earth are we here for? What's God's purpose for our lives? What is it? that God would have for us. Why are we here? Why have we been created? And we've been asking that question and looking in Scripture at what God's plan for us is. Last week, Pastor Doug shared the first purpose that God has for us, and that's worship. And a lot of different things may come to your mind when you think of worship, but when we boil it down, what God says worship is, is loving Him. And we looked at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, and we saw that the appropriate response to God's mercy and His love that He's displayed to us is adoration, is love, is worship to God. And we saw that we were created to be loved by God and to love God in return. And our memory verse for this past week was Mark chapter 12, verses 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And during this, ser this sermon series, uh, Pastor Doug's been preaching sermons on Sundays that, that go along with these purposes. And we also have a daily devotional that many of you have that we've been reading and seeing just daily what God's purpose is for our lives. And then also in our small groups, in our connection groups, we've been looking at this and discussing it together as what is God's purpose for our lives. And today we're going to look at the second purpose that God has created us for. And the second purpose that we're going to look at is fellowship. Fellowship. Now, a lot of things might come to your mind when you hear the word fellowship. Uh, maybe you think of a potluck, that that's fellowship. When we have a potluck and have lots of food together and we have that meal together, that that's fellowship. Or maybe you think of it as uh, just a time of greeting or superficial conversation. But I want to tell you that when we look at Scripture and what we're going to see today is that fellowship True fellowship that God would have for us goes much, much deeper than that. And we're going to look and see what fellowship is. So if you would turn with me to 1 John chapter 4, verses 19 through 21. We're going to begin there as we look and see what 
is fellowship. 1 John chapter 4, verses 19 through 21. It's on page 879 in these Bibles that our ushers gave out. And it begins with, we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Verse 21, And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. And right there we see those, that, a picture of fellowship. We see that loving God, that's worship. And loving our brother, our sister, our family in Christ, that is fellowship, is when we love God's family. You see, what, it mean, what fellowship is, it means that we are to love our spiritual family. We're to love other believers. Fellowship is loving God's family. In 1 Timothy 3.15, Paul tells us what God's family is. He tells us what God's family is. He says it's the church. The church is God's family. And now, just to say again, the church is not a building. Church is not a place you go to. Church is a family you belong to. Do you hear that? Church is not a place you go to. It's a family that you belong to. That's what church is. You see, we weren't created to live this life alone. God didn't create us to live this life alone. If you hear one thing this morning, I hope this is what you'd hear, is that we've been created, each one of us has been created to belong to God's family and to love God's family. That's fellowship, that we've been created to belong to God's family and to love God's family. And that's the second purpose we're going to examine today. And when we look at fellowship, we're going to look at four different levels of fellowship. We're going to look at four levels of fellowship. We're going to look at membership, friendship, partnership, and kinship. Those are the levels that we're going to look at this morning. Each one, I believe, that goes a little bit deeper than the, than the first the first is membership. What do I mean by membership? It's a choosing to belong. Choosing to belong to God's family. It's the most basic level of, that, of fellowship, of choosing to belong. In Ephesians 2, chapter 19, uh, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, to a group of believers who are gathered there together in the city of Ephesus. And he says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You're no longer strangers, but now you're members of the household of God. You see, Christian life is not only a matter of believing. This Christian life that God's called us to, it's not only a matter of believing, but it's also a matter of belonging, belonging to God's family. And we need to choose to make that commitment to say, yes, I want to belong to the family of God, to belong to a local church. And that's where it begins. It begins with making that choice to belong. You know, you've probably heard someone say, you know, I'm a Christian, but I just don't really feel like I need to go to church. I can worship God where I am. And it's true, we can worship God throughout the week, wherever he has us. But God's plan is not for us to be a solo Christian. It's kind of like if I were to meet somebody, and they had a helmet, they had their pads, and I said, hey, what, what do you do? What, what do you do? And they were to tell me, well, I'm a football player. I said, well, cool. What team do you play for? They said, I'm not really a part of a team. I just kind of do my own thing. 
I got my ball, I got my pads, I got my helmet. I just kind of play on my own. That would be odd. That would be strange. You see, church is not like that. Church is a team sport. And that's what God has for us. Or maybe another picture. It's like, you know, a tuba sounds great in an orchestra as that is when it's a part of a whole. But on its own, a tuba, just kind of plain, sounds a little different. I hope I don't insult any tuba players out there. But you see, we're made to not just walk this life alone. God wants us to be a part of the family of God. It's a team sport, something that we're to do together. It's not a solo thing. You see, a Christian... Without a church, it's almost like an orphan. We were created to be a part of God's family and to commit to being a part of the family of God, to commit to being a part of the church. And when I talk about membership, it's very different than a member of a club or an institution or an organization. It's not like that. And if you look in your cup this morning, there should be a little verse. And I want you to pull that out of your cup And I would love for you to keep that with you this week. That's the verse that we're going to be memorizing together and talking about in our small groups and looking at more this week. And as you read those daily devotionals, you'll find out uh, more of what this means. And we're going to look at it for a moment. It's Romans 12, verse 5. Romans 12, verse 5. And it says, So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. You see, Christ is the head of the church, and we're members of that body. It's not like other organizations or clubs, institutions. We're part of a body, hands, feet, eyes, and together we're functioning and belonging. And you see, it's unfortunate, but too often that fails to come together. And sometimes churches are are missing an eye or missing a hand. And that's not ever God's intention. It's for, to, for us to be a whole body together, belonging and functioning and working to make an impact in our community. And how do we do that? How do we begin this step of, of membership, of coming and belonging to the church? Well, it begins, first of all, with a heart change on the inside. When we submit to God and ask Him to be the Lord of our lives. And He comes in and He changes our lives and makes us new in Him. And that's the inward change. And then the next step is when we show outwardly what God has done on the inside by following in obedience, in baptism. That's an outward display of what God's done on the inside. And when we do that, it shows our community, it shows the people around us that say, I'm identifying with Jesus Christ. And then we can become a part of a local church, becoming a member, choosing to belong. And again, that doesn't save us. It doesn't uh, earn us any extra points or any extra credit with God. But it's his plan and it's his purpose for our lives to be plugged in and to be belonging in a local church. And to take that one step farther and to go another step deeper, we're going to look at friendship. But Before I go there, I just want to mention, last week we had our very first membership class. And we were so excited to see a group of people come together and say, Yes, I commit to what God is doing here at Connection Church. I want to be a part of it, and I want to move forward. I just want to tell you that that's a healthy thing to do. And we're going to do that every other month. We're going to be offering our Inside Connection membership class. So in December, we're going to have another membership class. And I would encourage you to consider if God would have you choose to belong to this body of Christ and what we are uh, seeking to do, what we feel God has given us the vision to do here in our community in terms of reaching it with the good news of Jesus Christ. So we've looked at the first level 
of fellowship is membership. And now we're going to take it a little step deeper, and that's friendship. Friendship. But I want to call this the learning to share level. The learning to share level. Because you see, we were created for a relationship. We've all been wired for a relationship. We've been made for it, to be in relationship with one another. Do you remember the first problem in the Bible? The very first thing that was kind of an issue? You might think is the, when they took of that fruit that God had forbidden them to think, but I want you to even go back before that. You see, God created Adam. He was there in the garden, and God looked at Adam and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And he created for him a helpmate. You see, we've been created to be in relationship with one another. We've been created. We, this life is not meant to be lived on our own. And that's how God created us. Life's not a solo act. See, in the early church, uh, after Jesus had been crucified and resurrected and ascended into heaven, the disciples began to go and began to share the good news. And uh, there were many, many coming to believe in Jesus Christ. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 44, it says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Another translation says, And all who believed were together and they shared everything. The key to that verse is together and shared everything. You see, relationship, friendship happens when we spend time together. You know, sometimes we might look at somebody who has a deep friendship with somebody that they've had for 20, 30 years, and we see that friendship, and it's deep, and they're just so close, and we think, man, they're so lucky to have a friendship like that. Let me tell you, it's not luck. It's an investment. It's purposeful. We have to fight for relationships. We have to invest our time and our energy and spend time together to develop relationships. And not only do we have to spend time together, but God wants us to share. You see, we can't have friendship without meeting together and without sharing. I've got two little boys, uh, two and a three-year-old, and I'm in the process right now of teaching them how to share. And it's a challenge with these little guys to teach them how to share. Uh, and uh, they're constantly, you know, back and forth uh, with toys and different things. But, you know, sometimes we're the same way. Not with material things and in sharing those, but there are times when we keep things held tight. We keep things close to ourselves when God's intention for us is to share them with others. That's his plan for us is to share them, to share our lives with people around us and with other believers in Christ. What are we to share? What are the things that we're supposed to share as we develop friendship and as we learn how to share, well, first of all, I believe one of those things is experiences, our talents, our gifts that God's given us. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You know, there are things that you guys know that I don't know. There are things that I know that some of you don't know, and there are things that people sitting beside you know that neither one of us know. There's an incredible amount of giftedness and talent and knowledge in this room, and we're supposed to share that. You know, I just bought my first home since moving here to Spearfish, and uh, I've never even owned a drill before. I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to all that stuff. And uh, just this past week, I had a friend come and help me. He shared with me uh, his experience and his abilities, showed me how to move an electrical socket from here to here without killing myself and uh, electrocuting myself. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. We're to share the gifts and talents that God has given us. Uh, and share that with one, another, uh, with one another. We're also to share our homes. 
We're to share our homes. 1 Peter 4, 9 says, show hospitality to one another. Show hospitality to one another. It doesn't say if you have granite countertops and stainless steel appliances, open your, open your home to one another. It doesn't say you have to have a beautiful home. It says, open your homes, share your homes to one another. Because that is where fellowship is going to happen. You know, real fellowship doesn't happen in a crowd. It can't happen in a crowd. It's healthy and it's right that we come here and we worship. We can spend time looking at God's word and celebrating. But this is not where fellowship happens. You're probably not going to leave here today knowing somebody better than when you came in. Real fellowship happens one-on-one. It happens in small groups. It happens in homes. And that's why we are constantly saying, you need to be involved in a small group. You're really not going to feel a part of Connection Church and where it's going and where we feel God leading us until you get involved in a small group. And I just want to encourage you to do that. We're out at the lobby area afterwards. We've got a resource table. We've got small group signups and where you can be involved in a small group. You can sign up. You know, for the first 300 years in the New Testament when the church was in existence, there were no church buildings. There weren't big cathedrals or buildings. For the first 300 years, there were no church buildings. People met And they gathered in homes. And that is when the greatest growth in the church took place as people met in homes gathering together. And so we are going to constantly say from this place that you need to be involved in a small group because that is where you can get plugged in. And that is a biblical principle to get into small groups. What else are we to share? We're to share our problems. We're to share our problems. You see, we weren't created to face our problems alone. When we do that, when we share our problems, God uh, uses our uh, other believers in our lives to help encourage us. The Bible says to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You know, in our small group, uh, there's one that meets in my home. And uh, we've already had times when we've laughed together. We've had times when there's been tears shed. And that's what we're supposed to do together as the body of Christ, as the family of God. You know, when we share our problems, it's like they're halved. And when we share our joys, it's like they're doubled. That's what we're supposed to do with one another, to share our problems. Uh, And it's not so that we can fix it. We don't have to come up with all the answers there. But God wants us to be a body of Christ that shares that burden with one another and shares those things. Hebrews 10.25. Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us uh, continue to meet together and encourage one another. I hope that uh, there are many who have started to to be involved in small groups for the first time during these uh, last few weeks. And I want to encourage you. I hope that you don't give up that habit. We're going to continue to have small groups as we move forward. I want to encourage you to be involved in one of those. Last spring, we had... Uh, 26 people involved in our small groups. On our highest week, we had 26. This fall, since we've been started small groups, we're already over 70 people who have gotten involved in small groups. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that and uh, get involved in small groups and what God is doing through that. So we've looked at fellowship, loving God's family, being belonging to God's family, and loving God's family. We've looked at membership and friendship. Now let us look at partnership. The third thing, doing my part, partnership, doing my part. To me, this comes back to an illustration that I brought up a couple of weeks ago. Here at Connection Church, our goal is not to be that cruise ship 
with, you know, Pastor Doug at the wheel, Jason doing the entertainment in the evening, and Jeffrey leading the, uh, you know, activities and stuff like that. That's not our purpose. Our purpose here at Connection Church is to be that deadliest catch vessel where we're, it's all hands on deck, where we're all partnering together. We've all got an important role to play. Ephesians 4.16 says, From him the whole body, joined together and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You see, we all have a role to play. We all have a niche to fill and all have a role on this team, which is Connection Church, which is God's church. We all have a part to play. I love watching football. Yesterday, I got to watch a couple of football games. And, you know, for that team to work properly and to move the ball, to advance it down the field, everybody has to fulfill their role. When there's a missed block, bad things happen. When the receiver doesn't run his route in the proper way, the play doesn't unfold in the way that it should. And in the same way, in a church, in the body of Christ, every person has a role to play in that body to make it function in a healthy way so that we can achieve what God would have us to achieve. And when we partner together, what it does is it deepens our fellowship with one another. And it deepens our fellowship with God so that we can know Him better. And I just want to thank you guys so much. For those of you who are serving, I want to thank you for being a group of people that's willing to show up and help unload trailers. None of this could happen without people giving of their time and their energy, uh, for everything from the cups to the nursery that's meeting over here to the kids' connection over here. So I just want to thank you so much for your willingness to serve and be a part of what God is doing here at Connection Church. And finally, I want to close with what I believe is just the very deepest level of fellowship that God would have for us, and that's kinship. That's kind of an old-fashioned word that uh, we don't often use, but kinship. That's loving believers like family. We're to love each other like family. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. You see, that is real fellowship. Belonging to God's family and loving God's family. Belonging to God's family and loving God's family. You know, many of us are familiar with with John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But there's another great verse in 1 John 3.16. 1 John 3.16 says, By this we know love, that he, Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. See, that sacrificial love, when we lay down our lives for our brothers, and that's the kind of love that the world takes note of. And that's what we want to be known for here at Connection Church. Not the preaching, not the music, uh, not the kids' connection and nursery. What we want to be known for is our love for one another. And that's where a real impact is made. You know, the early church, uh, those early Christians, those early followers of Jesus under the Roman uh, world faced a lot of persecution. They were thrown to the lions in the Colosseum. Some were burned. Uh, to death at the stake. And there's one Roman historian who said, behold, what love they have for one another. See, even in the midst of that, it was their love that we were known, they were known for. And that is my prayer and desire for Connection Church, that we would be known for our love for one another. If we do that, we would have to lock doors to keep people out. I really believe that because people are hungry 
hungry to belong to God's family and to experience the love of God's family. You see, in the end, it's not about accomplishments, but about relationships. Life's not about accomplishments. It's about relationships. You know, I've um, been around a couple of folks in their last days uh, before, they've, before they've passed away, in the last weeks and days, and never once have I heard somebody say, bring me that diploma I earned. I want to see that trophy that I won. Bring me the ledger in my bank account. It's not what anybody wants with them in those last days. Who is it? It's their family and their friends. Those are the important things that God wants to deepen in our lives. Our friends, our family, our spiritual family. That's what's important in this life. You see, that's what God's plan is for us. is to belong to his family and to love his family. That's God's plan. The enemy has a plan too. Satan has a plan, and it's the exact opposite. His plan, his desire, is to isolate, to make us alone, to separate us from that fellowship. And you know, there's nothing worse than being in a crowded room and feeling lonely. And you see, those times in my life when I've had the greatest struggles and uh, made the worst mistakes have been those times when I've separated, been separated from proper, healthy fellowship. And I want to invite you into fellowship here at the Connection Church. Be involved in small groups. Come and be a part of it. We're not perfect. If nobody else offends you, at some point I will. I can go ahead and apologize for that. We're not perfect. But our desire is fellowship and to belong to God's family and to love God's family in the way that we should. Last week we looked at worship, loving God. This week we looked at the purpose of fellowship. We were created to love God worship, and to belong to God's family, and to love God's family. And I just want you to think as we close this morning, where are you in those levels? Where, what is the next step that God would have for you? Is it to say, yes, I want to choose to belong to God's family, and take that step of membership, saying, I want to be a part of that, and commit to it? Is it friendship? Is it learning to share? Do you need to learn to share what's going on in your life and in your heart and develop and deepen friendships? If so, become a part of a small group. Is it partnership? Do you need to look at where God would have you serve to become a part of the the body of Christ, to be a hand, to be an eye, to be an ear, to plug in to the body of Christ here? Or is it kinship? Is it loving God's family in the way that you should? Is there somebody here that knows that you love them? that you're committed to them, that you care about them as a part of the body of Christ. Would you bow your heads with me this morning as we close? It might be that uh, there's somebody in this room who doesn't know Christ and has never taken that first step of that inward change of asking God to make you new. And if that's the case for you this morning, I want to lead you in a simple prayer that you can pray that God will come into your life and he'll change you and he'll make you new and give you a hope and a future and a purpose. You see, none of these other purposes make any sense or make any difference in our lives if we don't first and foremost have that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And if you would like to pray that prayer this morning, you can pray it silently in your seats where you are. Just pray a prayer like this. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. I admit that I'm a sinner.
that I've fallen short, that I haven't always measured up to the standard that you would have for me. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross and that that was the sufficient sacrifice for my sins. And I confess you as Lord, as boss, as ruler of my life. If you prayed a prayer like that this morning, Jesus says, the Bible says that you are a new creation, that his Holy Spirit will come and indwell your life. And I encourage you not to leave here today uh, without marking on that card, on that envelope, that you've prayed that prayer. And we will uh, follow up with that so that we can show you what those next steps are in following Jesus. And if you are a Christian this morning, you are following him, but you haven't plugged in, I would encourage you to uh, just open up your life right now to say, what is the next step that God would have for you? Father, I pray that for each one of us here gathered this morning, Lord, that we would be open to you that we would take that next step of healthy fellowship, of belonging to your family, of loving your family in the way that we should. Lord, we thank you that you loved us enough to send your son. And you're the head of the church. And Lord, we want to honor you, to serve you, to partner together to bring glory and fame to your name here in Spearfish and beyond, Lord. And so, Father, I pray that you would show us how that we can do that, how we can plug in and uh, honor you with our lives and all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen.